Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is WFCB On Demand. You're listening to The Outlaws on WFCB On Demand. Welcome to The Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off today. Uh, we got a lot of interesting things to talk about. It's a lot of stuff going on in the news. So we're definitely going to be touching on the Ariana Grande situation and her licking donuts and <laughs> in a store. Like I can't even compute exactly what she's doing, but we'll get back to that in a minute. Um, we're going to touch a little bit on, on the Bill Cosby situation as well as some interesting stories from stupid.com and you want to make sure that you stay tuned to find out about a Chinese game show that has a very uh, interesting plot twist. So stay tuned. This is The Outlaws. The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. Welcome back to The Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. And there was a story that, that broke, I believe it broke this week, that that really bothered me to the situation with Ariana Grande. So we're going to get right into it. E, let's go. Well, before talking about what exactly happened, um, we'll just say that because of the situation that did happen, Demi Lovato, and this is according to Billboard.com, has replaced Ariana Grande at, for the MLB All-Star Game concert. She swooped in as the new headliner for the concert, which is Saturday, July 11th. Uh, replacing the previous announced wow, headline. quick. They switched that up real quick. Right, of Ariana Grande, which is at Cincinnati's Great American Ballpark. Um, the MLB is yet to issue a statement on the change, and neither Lovato nor Grande have posted about it on social media. Uh, but a rep for Lovato did confirm to Billboard that she is indeed performing at the star-studded baseball game on Saturday. So the reason behind the Switch. change... Um, I'm sure a lot of you have heard about the fact that Ariana Grande was seen in a video licking donuts at a bakery shop and proceeding to say, I hate America and I hate Americans. I hate Americans. Right. So how do you feel about that, Darvio? Well, first of all, I have a big problem with the fact that you, regardless of, of what her quote-unquote defense was, because when she when she put out the statement, in her defense, trying to make it about childhood obesity and all of that. That's a bunch of crap. That was something that was told that she was told to say by her, by her PR, by her management, stuff like that. What bothers me about that situation is you make your money 
the bulk of your money from Americans. Off of American people. This is the largest uh, media market, the largest music market in the world. And she herself is an American. And having, she is an American. Having been born in Florida. Right. Like, she's not... She, I, I know a lot of people were kind of confused. I, I saw this on social media. They didn't know if she was or wasn't an American. But she's 100% American. She was born in Florida. You know what I'm saying? So, for you to sit up there and, and, and to be disrespectful like that, and this is how you make your money... From Americans, I have a problem with that. And and on a personal level, and I, and, and I want I want you all to, to hit us up on social media, uh, on Twitter, at Outlaws Radio, or hit me up at Darvio Morrow on uh, Twitter and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio. Um, because I have I'm, – I'm torn with this on, my, on myself personally. For most of you uh, who are aware, some may not be. You know, we are an entertainment company. We are a broadcasting company. We run a lot of things. One of the things that we have is a radio station. We play Ariana Grande's music. So I have a decision to make as a result of of her behavior. I have a decision to make as to whether I want to continue to play her music or not. So I definitely want you guys to, to hit me up and let me know what you think. Uh, Twitter at Outlaws Radio or at Darvio Morrow. Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio. Uh, let me know because this, I have a problem with anyone who benefits from Americans being so blatantly disrespectful to Americans and then to have the gall, to have the audacity to try to make it out to be like you were making some big statement. You was licking donuts. Well, there is that, no big political statement that can be made from you and your idiot friend in a store secretly licking donuts. Well, that and in the apology also coming out and saying, I'm a proud American. What proud American <laughs> is going to, you know, first of all, <clears throat> we all know that she has no, in, in my opinion, no fat, not one ounce of fat on her body. Right. So you're going to lick a donut and proceed to say, I hate Americans, and then try to say, oh, well, I was doing it because it's it was uh, related to Americans overeating and the consequences that it has on our health and society. What does licking a donut prove? That's, a, that's what I'm saying. That's a bunch of crap. And if I wasn't on the air, I would use stronger language because you just that was a focus group tested that was a complete pr statement that was you're in trouble you're in a lot of ish you need to try to say something to make this go away you need to play damage control exactly and, and i will say that you know because of this incident i am now glad that when and i will address you directly ariana grande that when you came to cleveland ohio i was going to take my nine-year-old daughter to your concert but i'm glad i did not do so yeah, I mean, and and that's what I'm saying. It's it's like I as a as a businessman, as an entrepreneur, as a as a proud American, I'm torn because our radio station WFCB Radio, we play Ariana Grande's music. So now it's like for that was just so disrespectful that I'm like, you know what? I don't even know if I want to play your music anymore. Why should I be if you hate Americans so much, then the money that I pay for licensing Maybe maybe some of that money shouldn't be going to your pocket. I agree. You know, so 
Well, make sure you hit us up on on social media, Twitter at Outlaws Radio or at Darvio Morrow. That's D A R V I O M O R R O W, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio, and let me know what you think. We'll be right back here on the Outlaws. This is the Outlaws Radio Show. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E Will. Once again, Jessica Lavish is off today. Uh, hit us up on. Facebook at facebook.com slash the outlaws radio and on Twitter at outlaws radio. Um, this is a story that it really bothered me, but it was another one that really bothered me. There's a lot of stuff that's been breaking in the news that, that, that kind of bothered me, but this one bothered me for a different reason than, than the Ariana Grande story is because, um, this was a guy, I mean, this was America's dad. I mean, everybody knows who I'm talking about. Um, this is the, the situation with Bill Cosby. And it came out, um, this is according to the Associated Press, uh, Bill Cosby testified in 2005 that he got quaaludes with the intent of giving them to young women he wanted to have sex with. And he admitted giving the sedative to at least one woman and other people, according to documents obtained by the Associated Press. The AP had gone to court to compel the release of the documents. Cosby's lawyers had objected on the grounds that it would embarrass their client. The 77-year-old comedian was testifying under oath in a lawsuit filed by a former Temple University employee. He testified that he gave her three half pills of Benadryl. Cosby settled that sexual abuse lawsuit for undisclosed terms in 2006. His lawyers in the Philadelphia case did not immediately return phone calls, obviously. Cosby has been accused by more than two dozen women of sexual misconduct, including allegations by many that he drugged and raped them in incidents dating back more than four decades. Cosby has never been criminally charged, and most of the accusations are barred by statutes of limitations. Cosby resigned in December from the Board of Trustees at Temple, where he was the popular face of the Philadelphia School in advertisements, fundraising campaigns, and commencement speeches. Now, for me on a personal level, Bill Cosby, um, he contributed so much to the black community with what he did in entertainment with the Cosby show and things like that. Like I still have all eight, I believe eight seasons of the Cosby show on DVD. It's been very hard to watch them with all of this stuff coming out, but I still have them. And it's just, it's unfortunate that because of what, because of his extracurricular activities that he just tarnished, he tarnished his legacy. And now when when you look back at Bill Cosby, I mean, he's 77 years old. There, I mean, there's no telling how long, how much longer he will be alive. But at some point, I mean, he's on the back end of, of, of his life. So when his obituary is written, this will always be mentioned. And no one, no one will talk about the incredible things that he did, the incredible doors that he opened for for black people on television by creating a show that was the first show to highlight black people in a middle class, in an upper middle class setting. And it, it, it broke barriers because it showed people that, you know, black folks are just like everybody else. And, you know, the people whose careers he helped create and, and all the things that he, all the, the wonderful things that he contributed, not only just for black people, but for comedians in general. He was the reason why the success of his show was the reason why you saw shows like Seinfeld and Roseanne and Home Improvement after him. He was the reason why network television wanted to give 
uh, TV shows again to comedians and, and build that, those sitcoms to comedians before the Cosby show, the sitcom genre was dead and, and he revived it. And so that created a lot of opportunities for not only black people, but for, for comedians in general. And it's just sad that, that he, he had this dark secret life that most people who worked with him either didn't know about or ignored. And because of what he did, he tarnished, he tarnished his legacy. Right. Like, you know, I'll, I'll say that growing up, my stepfather and I never really got along with each other. Right. But occasionally we would, you know, sit in front of the, you know, the TV and watch some different TV shows. And the Cosby show was, one of the shows that we would enjoy watching. Well, I mean, I don't know about him, but I enjoyed watching it. Right. And just to sit there and think about everything that's going on as of recently, it just, it's like you kind of touch bases on. It's sad that it's tarnished his image within me. Right. Like, right. and then just to imagine <clears throat> that it's tarnished his image with everybody. Yeah. And, it, it'll never be the same. It'll yeah. never be the same again. No one will Not ever at all. look at him the same again. Like, you, a lot of people looked up to him. Right. You know, and some probably still do. But, I mean, to me, it's not the same. It's just like, wow. Like, I never, ever thought in a day that you would see or hear anything of the sorts out of Bill Cosby. Me either, man. I mean, uh, it's almost it leaves you at a loss for words. It's like how could one man who contributed such good be do things that are so evil? It it is because I mean I'm even having trouble just trying to find the words to speak about it right, right. now. Exactly. I mean, it's just and it is and it's so sad. And I, I wanted to to talk about that aspect of it because I don't hear many people talk about that part of it when discussing Bill Cosby. I mean, it's easy to to say everything that everyone else has said, but it's like I wanted to look at it from the perspective of man, this because of his because of his stupid stupid decisions throughout the years. His legacy is now tarnished. Yeah, forever. Forever. And he has no one and the saddest thing about it is that he has no one to blame. But himself, exactly. He, he can't pass it off to anybody else. No, this is all he ruined. No one will ever be able to appreciate what he did anymore because of what he did outside of television. Well, they will, just not in the same way. No, not in the same. I mean, it's hard. No one even wants to have that conversation anymore. No one even wants to talk about his contributions because of what he did. True. You know, so it's and he has no one to blame for it but himself. So and it's sad. It it really truly is sad. It is. It is, man. And the saddest thing about it is in this in this business in this industry, you hear things, and if this was as prevalent as people say it is, over twenty women, somebody had to know. Somebody knew. Had to have. Why? Why? You know. Why did they not come forward? Did they, did they not want to be that person that destroyed his image? Exactly. I mean, and that's the thing that makes this so difficult to understand. It's like, and we got to wrap it up here. Um, 
in this industry, it's kind of like a little, it's a little click and you hear things no matter what level you are on this industry. If you have any success at all in this business, you hear things. And so there's no way in my mind, there's no way that no one knew that, you know, it's just, it's impossible that no one knew someone had to know. Now at this point, when it comes out now that he admitted giving Quaaludes to, to, to women, the number, the amount of women that are alleging it, it doesn't matter at this point. You can't even, because some of the, the women who have alleged that he did that to him, some of them have stronger cases than others. But at this point, you can't dispute any of it. Because, dude, you just admitted that you've done something like that before. And and then when you hear some of his old stand-up, he's, he's joked about it before. So, I mean, what can you do? I mean, it's it's just sad to see to see his legacy just blown up to pieces, and it's by his own hands. He was his worst enemy. Yeah. So, we'll be right back on a more cheery subject, I guess, uh, when we come back here on the Outlaws. This is the Outlaws Radio Show with the Kingpin, Jessica Lavish, and E. Will. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off. And make sure you hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio and on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. This next story, uh, if you're a sports fan, uh, you've been you've you're probably made aware of this. This is a story with DeAndre Jordan. So basically for anybody who who isn't aware of the story, DeAndre Jordan is a player from the Los Angeles Clippers. DeAndre Jordan agreed to leave the Clippers and to sign with the Dallas Mavericks. And at the last minute, he changed his mind, reneged on his on his decision and decided to stay in Los Angeles. Now, for those of you who may not know how the NBA works and may not understand necessarily why that's a problem, because it can seem like, oh, well, you know, he changed his mind. So what? Big deal. Here's the problem. Players in the NBA can sign, can officially sign contracts on July 9th. But July 1st, players can start negotiating deals with teams and they can agree to a deal with a team. Now, under normal circumstances, once even though you can't officially sign that contract until until the ninth, you can agree to it before that, and usually the league respects those agreements. That's how the entire uh, free agency works in the NBA. So by what he did by agreeing. And then reneging at the last minute, he screwed Dallas because Dallas lost out on anybody else that they could have replaced him with because they believed that he was coming and they believed that the that he had made a commitment to them. And so we're gonna we're gonna pick up the story from from the new developments today, and then we're gonna give our thoughts. So uh, in an article found on ESPN. Uh, Mark Cuban did go into detail on his side of the story. He explained, through all of Monday, we were texting back and forth, discussing players available, the amount of cap room we had left, who our staff liked, and how excited DeAndre was. 
Then on Tuesday, the communications basically stopped, and we started hearing rumblings from multiple people that something was up. So I flew to Houston and got a room at the Galleria, which is just a few minutes from his house. I had my driver take me to his house. It's inside a small gated community, but the gate was wide open. So we drove in, and I literally walked right up to his door. There was no one home, so I texted him saying that I was there. I know something is up. Let's talk. He texted me that he was on a date. Cuban wrote that he had told Jordan to have fun and offered to come by there and say hi or take Jordan and his date back to Dallas for a night out, but Jordan did not respond. After about 10 minutes, Cuban said he returned to his hotel, and he didn't think it was right to sit in front of Jordan's house. Once at the hotel, Cuban texted Jordan, have fun on this date, and we will talk. He received an immediate reply from Jordan thanking him. Cuban said he knew I was in town. He knew I was close by. I knew something was up. I was getting the same reports that everyone else was. I also knew his agents were coming to town. It made sense that he would talk to them, and worst case, even if he was having second thoughts, the agent would be able to give me updates. Like any big career move, it's natural to have second thoughts. So while I was concerned, I still wasn't worried. So I went to bed. So the reports were, you know, that um, Jordan had a visit on, I believe it was Wednesday, where a Clippers contingent that consisted of team president and coach Doc Rivers owner Steve Ballmer and teammates Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, J.J. Redick, and Paul Pierce went to Jordan's house to persuade him to stay in L.A. And that's where all of this kind of That's stood. where we're at right now, right. So my thoughts about it is, first of all, okay, you changed your mind, you changed your mind. I understand that. Now, even for me personally, I have a problem with that because I feel like if you uh, if you make an agreement with someone and this is what you decide to do, you should be a man of your word and honor your agreement and honor your commitment. You know that you will really screw this team if you change on them at the last minute, but you have the right to do that. You have the right to change your mind. But if you are going to change your mind, be man enough to make a phone call or text message or something, some sort of communication to let this dude know, to let Mark Cuban know, hey, man, you know, I'm having second thoughts. I think I'm going to be more comfortable staying at home. I just feel like the way that he did it was really, it was not what a man is supposed to do. And through this whole situation, man, it's been a mess. Like the Clippers were barricading the door to his house and and Mark Cuban couldn't get to where. I mean, it was crazy. So I've never thought that I would see any player handle their uh, situation worse than LeBron did in 2010 with the decision. But to me, this is worse because at least when LeBron made his decision, that was his decision and he stuck to his decision. With DeAndre, you decide to leave, you commit to another team, you get that team to commit to you, and then you say at the last minute, nah, never mind, I think I'll stay home. To me, that's not what a man does. Well, then the other thing that that confuses me is, you know, some of the reports were that the contingent of people from the Clippers organization that came to his household refused to leave his house until he resigned with the Clippers. What type of man are you that you cannot – have people removed from your own household 
And this ain't no small dude. Right. <laughs> like, I'm sure, even if, it, you know, he's not a small dude, but I'm sure he probably has bodyguards or whatever it may be. Right. You know, how are they just going to sit in his house without his permission or not leaving if they're told to? That was because that was their way of giving him an out. That was his excuse. That was not, to me, that was just an excuse. Because if you wanted to meet with Mark Cuban and talk to Mark Cuban, you could have. Right. Well, since uh, DeAndre has gone, t- has taken to Twitter and he's issued an apology um, and said, I want to publicly apologize to one of the best owners in the world, at M. Cuban, and the at Dallas Mavs and their fans. I am humbled by at Dallas Mavs and at M. Cuban kindness and understanding. I'm sorry to have a change of heart. Um, I mean... To me, if you're gonna if you're gonna apologize, I say be a bigger man. At least give the man a call. Don't take the Twitter, especially after a big decision like that. Right. Like you just because according according to them, Mark Cuban still hasn't heard from him personally, right? Yeah, it said that after the tweets were published, Cuban told ESPN.com via his Cyberdust messaging app that he still has not had any communication with Jordan since Tuesday night. Cuban said Jordan's mother, Kimberly, called him, but he declined to elaborate on that conversation. Yeah, man, I mean, you just don't, to me, man, I believe in being like you do things like men. If you if you decided to back out, then you need to tell him like a man that you backed out. Well, then the other thing to kind of, I mean, I know it's the off season and players are free to do whatever they want, but after making this big about face decision that he just made, Jordan departed for a ten day cruise Thursday, and reports are that he likely won't hold a news conference until July twentieth. So, so you're gonna agree to a. Uh, Verbally agreed to a four-year max deal with the Mavericks, then you just totally change your mind and you re-sign with the Clippers for a ma- four-year max deal. They'll be worth an estimated eighty-eight million with an opt-out after opt-out after three years, and then without you know having any type of communication with the owner of the team that you just screwed, and not in a good way. <laughs> you're just gonna go on a cruise and just. Enjoy yourself just while salt, that man. organization is stuck now trying to figure out what they're going to do in place of you. But I will say this, and, and, and we're going to wrap it up here, but I will say this. You know, the Clippers, I do like the Clippers. The Cavaliers are my, my number one team first and foremost, but my West Coast team has been the Clippers. And to me, this behavior right here is why they have a hard time winning a championship and why they will continue to have a hard time winning a championship because – of the lack of intestinal fortitude, the lack of mental strength and mental will, that was what he did was an act of mental weakness. At least be a man. If you're going to back out, be a man. Be and, a man. You know what I'm saying? Be a man and, 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 tell, and tell the guy that you're backing out. That's, I mean, that, that's the way I look at it. But in the meantime, he has an opt-out after – after three years, so the good news is we'll be able to do this all over again. We'll be right back on the Outlaws. The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off. Make sure that you hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio. 
and on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. Now, from my favorite website, stupid.com. That is stupid with two Ps. All right, let's go. So, coming out of Manatee, Florida. Of course, Florida. Yet again, a Bradenton man, Tristan D. Horn, 36 years old, was charged with battery after he attacked his his ex-wife for cheating on him with a sex toy, (laughs) according to Manatee Police. At 2.30 a.m. July 1st, deputies said Horn was spending the night with a woman he was once married to. According to a report, the woman learned that Horn was already married and that their marriage was null and void, but that she still talks to Horn because he's a father figure to her two sons. Horn and the victim were in her bedroom smoking cigarettes and drinking beer when an argument erupted. (laughs) Police said the victim left to use the bathroom and Horn then barged in and accused her of cheating on him with a dildo. (laughs) I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that, but that's per the article. Horn then twisted the victim's left arm behind her back until she cried out. He then threw the victim to the ground, stormed back into her room, (laughs) found her dildo under her bed, and sawed it into two pieces using a steak knife in the kitchen. (laughs) The victim and her daughter... (laughs) were able to push Horn out of the house, but he later came back and stole the victim's phone while she was asleep. Horn told police that the victim was a cheating bee and that he was going to sue her for quote-unquote emotional damages (laughs) for her repeated infidelity with the dildo. (laughs) Horn was being held in Manatee County Jail without bond for battery and petty theft, according to the sheriff's office. Okay, um... I want to know why he saw it in that with a steak knife. <laughs> He's like, I'll show you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get you in your thing. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't even know where to start. First of all, what the hell is going on in Florida? What what What's in the water down there, man? <laughs> I don't think I want to find out. <laughs> man, It's it's crazy. Like, the crazier the story is... The more the more likely that it came from Florida. <laughs> so, okay, I'm trying to wrap my mind around this. He was he? Did it say like was he drunk? Was he high? Well, like, it did. It did say that before the argument erupted, they were in her bedroom smoking cigarettes and drinking beer. Who knows how many beers they had? Who knows if there was drugs involved? We just don't know. Now I'm gonna ask you this. I'm a beer drinker. I cannot recall ever drinking that amount of beer that it would actually make me act like that. Can a beer do that? It could. Um, I guess it would depend on what beer he's drinking. Right. Uh, no names, but there are some beers out there that are very disgusting. Very cheap beer that can give you... Can get you buzzed real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like the stuff that's that's uh, popular on college campuses. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if he's going to hear this, but shout out to my boy, Corey. He'll know one of the brands I'm talking about. <laughs> Corey Perry, that's all you, buddy. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not drinking the right beer. <laughs> I mean, I'm proud to say that, you know, and I love you, baby. 
I've gone two months without drinking. Right, because of your, of your girlfriend. Uh, and a little agreement I have with my pregnant girlfriend. I'm playing the good boyfriend. Anyways, back to the story. <laughs> I had to try and get some brownie points there. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I, I just... <laughs> I'm still stuck on the steak knife, man. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? I wonder how long it took him. <laughs> like, how thick was this thing that he was able, or, or should I say, how thin right. was it that he was able to just cut it in two? You can just you can just imagine that he's just sitting there mad as hell, like, uh, 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 like I'll show her. I'm gonna cut this thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I. I don't even know what to say. Uh, I don't even know what to say. But now, and then emotional damages. Yeah, really? he's gonna sue her. My thing about that is, it must have been bigger than him. <laughs> That's a very good point, sir. That is the only thing I can think of. That he felt highly disrespected. And repeated infidelity. <laughs> now i don't know about these things like i don't i don't know i have no need to know any more about the toy but I, you don't even want to know what color it was hey that was see you jumped ahead of me that was where i was going <laughs> maybe he was mad because it was brown <laughs> i'm gonna leave that one alone <laughs> we'll be right back this is the Outlaws Radio Show. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off. And make sure you hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio and on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. So coming out of TMZ.com, Christian Audio Gear, I apologize if I pronounced the last name incorrectly, is the fashion designer behind the successful clothing lines of Ed Hardy and Von Dutch, has passed away at the age of 57. Um, TMZ first reported that he had been diagnosed with cancer in January. He told TMZ that it was MDS, which is the same bone disease that Good Morning America anchor Robin Roberts was diagnosed with back in 2012. Uh, Mr. Audio has a net worth of nearly $250 million and has worked with Guess, Levi's, Diesel, American Outfitters, Bissau, Bissau, and XOXO. His own brands are currently available in over 40 countries. Christian is survived by his four children. Wow. So what did he, what did he pass with again? Uh, cancer. MDS. Right. Yeah, man. Cancer. I hate cancer. It, cancer is a mean mother trucker. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. We've lost so many family members to cancer and stuff. And Cancer, it's indiscriminate, isn't it? It doesn't wait for anyone. Very much so. Yeah, anybody can get it. So um, that's unfortunate. Now, I'm, I was never, at least with the with the Ed Hardy, I liked some of the Ed Hardy stuff, but I was never a big Ed Hardy fan. Well, um, Don Ed Hardy, the artist that was behind most of the artwork right. that we saw on the Ed Hardy clothing, issued a statement that said, We are saddened to hear of the untimely death of Christian Audio Gear. It is a sad end to a brilliant marketer. His incredible energy and vision brought my artwork to global attention. Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, it wasn't necessarily my cup of tea. I kind of like more of an of an urban class type chic, you know what I mean? But um, I did like some of Ed Hardy's stuff, and um, 
I mean, I thought the artwork was was amazing. Oh yeah, um, just something I wouldn't wear. Um, but I mean, it, it was popular, and to see all the other clothing lines that he's worked with, yeah, and, and have a net worth of two hundred fifty million dollars, like, now, man. Real quick, what were some of the other? Uh, say that again. What were uh, some of the other brands he worked with? Some of the brands were uh, Guess, Levi's, Diesel, American Outfitters, uh, Bisso, Bisso, and XOXO. So, even if you didn't necessarily wear Ed Hardy, you most likely, at any point in time, probably may have worn something that, that Christian had some sort of influence over. Right. I mean... There's a, a really good chance of that. I mean, I know my dad wears Levi's a lot. Yeah. And I remember Guess. Guess used to be really popular back in the 90s. So, you know, that was that was something that, that a lot of people used to wear. Yeah. And I mean, that's just amazing that somebody can contribute so much to, you know, something that we all use on an everyday basis exactly and i mean his legacy his legacy will live on so excuse me we salute we salute christian i'm not even going to attempt to uh pronounce his last name right because i probably butchered it but may he rest in peace and thoughts and prayers and condolences go out to his family we'll be right back this is the Outlaws Radio Show with the Kingpin, Jessica Lavish, and E. Will. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off. And make sure you hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio and on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. E. Will, uh, here's another story that was just it was just crazy, man. I was not expecting this story we had a lot of crazy stuff happen this week but this story really caught me off guard i was not expecting this one. i'm sure by now everybody's uh heard about jared fogel the subway spokesman the subway guy the subway guy um his house being raided by the fbi so uh, from fox news uh they report that subway suspends their relationship with pitchman jared vogel fogel excuse me after a raid at home by state and federal authorities just two months after the former director of his charitable foundation was arrested on child pornography charges. Wow. According to a statement released by the company, both sides agreed that suspending the relationship was, quote-unquote, the appropriate step to take, adding that Fogel continues to cooperate with authorities and expects no actions forthcoming. The company has since removed references to Fogel from its website, and let's see, Fogel, who is 37, became the sandwich chain spokesman in 2000 after losing weight as a freshman at Indiana University by eating an all-subway diet. He, he now lives in the Indianapolis suburb of Zionsville. Authorities did not say if Tuesday's search warrants were connected to the arrest of his former associate. Investigators from the FBI, State Police, and Postal Service arrived early Tuesday morning at Fogel's home, where an evidence truck was parked in the driveway, according to the Indianapolis Star. The newspaper reported that electronics were taken from Fogel's home and analyzed in the truck. Fogel, who could not be reached for comment, was home during the search and was seen entering and leaving the evidence truck. Officials at Subway's Milford, Connecticut corporate headquarters issued a statement expressing shock about the search. We are shocked about the news and believe it is related to a prior investigation of a former Jared Foundation employee. We are very concerned and will be monitoring the situation closely. We don't have any more details at this point. 
Fogel's attorney, Ronald Elberger, told FoxNews.com his client has not been charged with any crime or offense and is not aware of what authorities were seeking. Jared has been cooperating and continues to cooperate with law enforcement in its investigation of certain unspecified activities and looks forward to its conclusion, Elberger said. And the development comes two months after Russell Taylor, the former executive director of the Jared Foundation, which Fogel started to raise awareness to and combat childhood obesity, was arrested on federal child pornography charges. Um, Taylor, who's 43, attempted suicide on May 6th at the Marion County Jail and was placed on life support, but his health has improved. But he does face seven counts of production of child pornography and one count of possession of child pornography in a case that began when a woman had been emailing... He had been emailing alerted authorities to Taylor's offer to show her images of children. Um, Fogel, after the arrest, had come out and said he was shocked over the allegations and severed all ties with Taylor from the foundation. So, I mean, some believe that it stems from this same thing. Um, I don't. I would think either way, it doesn't look good. Oh, it's not a good look at all. No. I mean, there was something I was reading somewhere else that said he's worth $15 million. Right. Like, you're worth $15 million and how does that make you look now that child pornography, the potential of, has been linked toward, to your name? Well, the thing that's interesting to me, um, and we got two minutes, but the thing that's interesting to me is his partner or what have you was... Uh, the counts were how many counts of production of child pornography? Seven. And one count of possession. So he was creating. Yes, that was actually, I read somewhere else that the it all stemmed from the fact that they found that he had been making the child pornography films in his homes. That's awful. Like, so for Jared... Of course, you know, they're saying he hasn't been investigated for anything and hasn't been um, accused of any wrongdoing. But it doesn't look good that they would come to your house looking for kitty porn. If this was just something that just stopped with this guy, why would they come to your house? Exactly. Like, it, it makes me curious why all of a sudden, what did they say? What did the article say? A couple months after the prior arrest, why are they just now coming to your your house exactly that's that's what leads me to believe in and of course everyone is innocent until proven guilty but that's one of the things that kind of makes me wonder if there's more to it than meets the eye there could be you know i mean it just it it seems like that to me but uh when we come back subway if you need a new spokesman give me a holler (laughs) i got you i'll go on an all subway diet When we come back, we are going to be talking about a very, um, for lack of better word, interesting uh, topic. And it's going to be dealing with parents and how they bribe their kids and what they use, what these particular parents at least use to bribe their kids with. So we'll be right back here on The Outlaws. The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. Welcome back to The Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off today. And make sure you hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio and on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. Now, this story here um, shows some parents and their interesting 
methods to get their children to do chores. Go. And yet again, this is another story from one of our favorite websites, stupid with two P's dot com. com. So, and yet again, coming out of Miami, Florida, <laughs> um, <laughs> parents arrested for giving their kids pot to do their chores. Pot. You didn't say pop, right? You said pot, like, like pot. Mary Jane. Yeah, like Mary Juana. <laughs> Joey and Chad Mud of Largo were having trouble getting their kids to do their homework and chores. But, by golly, they found a way. <laughs> they bribed them with marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> the Muds, that name though, really? Right. The Muds were arrested this week after it was discovered they bribed their 13 and 14 year old daughters with marijuana <laughs> to do chores and schoolwork. The arrest report does not clarify how the parents got caught, but it does indicate that both admitted to using drugs to get their children to quote-unquote act right. They even admitted to smoking pot with the kids, and Chad... And Chad admitted to snorting coke with them once in his his truck. We snorted a few lines off the dashboard in my truck, Chad told police. It wasn't very much, and it did help the kids concentrate on their math homework. The two also have a preschool-aged child, and they may have blown pot smoke into the child's face to give it a quote-unquote contact high to stop the child from crying. But the Muds have denied that accusation. I would not give a toddler dope, Chad Mud said in the police report, but once a child has hit puberty, pot is harmless. Joey was charged with two counts of child abuse while Chad caught six counts of the same charge and an additional charge of cocaine possession. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Man, and then you see the, the mug shots of these two, and it's just, it, it, it doesn't stupid, surprise me. Go to stupid.com. They look like a bunch of drug addicts. It, it doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I mean, wow. Like, how crazy is that? Like, well, what, what happened to the days of, yo, I'll give you $5, you know. It's like, nah, I'm going to give you some crack. <laughs> hey, I'll, give you, I'll give you $5 to do your chores. No, instead, I'm going to give you some pot. Okay, I'll do them now. All right. Oh, my God. Like. The thing that kills me not only is not only the fact that they did it, but that something triggered in their brain to make it seem like, oh, this is the logical thing to do. They've smoked their brain cells away. Well, and then it says that they don't know how they got caught. It doesn't list how they got caught. Right. You got a 13 and a 14 year old kid. Probably bragging to their friends that they smoke weed. That with their, their parents, parents their let them smoke parents. weed. Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you say. Say that one more time. Marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh my god! Like, they're so. What in what universe is this okay? Like, they really thought that this was a positive development. You know, I, I'll be kids. the first to admit. You know, back in the day, I was like the biggest pothead you could have ever met. Right. But, you know, by the grace of God and some good decisions I made, it's been over three years. I'm clean. Congratulations. But even back when I was smoking, man, I would have never once thought to have given my child any type of drug that's not prescribed or to treat an illness like an over-the-counter. That's because 
that's what normal human beings, <laughs> normal human beings don't give their children weed. And like I said earlier, I don't think I want to know what's in the water down there in Florida. Yeah, like every every story in Florida, it seems like it gets weirder and weirder. And this wasn't like the crazy part about this particular story is that this wasn't from some backwoods. This was in Miami. Well, and my thing is, to be totally honest with how people are so pro-marijuana these days, it wouldn't surprise me that this is probably actually more common than we realize. Yeah. This is just one that made the news. Yeah. And that's a, I mean, that's a big issue. No, no matter, no matter how you feel about marijuana, whether you're pro or anti no one should be giving it to their damn kids. No, not at all. I mean, th then you have some parents that are going to argue, you know, well, I'd rather them try it with me than doing it with someone they don't know and not knowing what they're getting into. That's the craziest. Not at 13 and 14 world. years old, though. That's the craziest argument in the world. It's like, well, uh, so since they're going to do it, we're going to sit and smoke together. Like, that sounds like something a pothead would say. Like, that sounds like it, something. It is. Right. Like, that sounds like because that's pothead logic. Like, hey, you know what? Let's smoke a doobie together. It, it makes no sense to me at all. I don't even think Cheech and Chong would go to that extent. <laughs> even, yeah, man. <laughs> Let's get high with the kids. It'll be great. Watch, we're going to get high and watch Sesame Street. Wait, Sesame Street? They're 13 and 14 years old. Why Sesame Street? Because they're high. <laughs> uh, high or not, I would think that it would be Scooby-Doo or something. Because, <laughs> I mean, a lot of people already think that Shaggy and Scooby are potheads. Yeah. No, they were on acid. I don't know, but I want a Scooby snack. <laughs> we'll be right back. This is the Outlaws Radio Show. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off today. And make sure you hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio and on the Twitters at Outlaws Radio. Now, the uh, next story is what we try to do every week. We try to uh, highlight something uh, positive, something good that, that goes on in the news because um, it doesn't really get a lot of exposure. So, E. Will has a uh, a positive story that we're going to talk about. Go. All right. So I got this from uh, Huffington Post. On June 23rd, there was a student from Mandua City, Philippines, by the name of Joyce, I want to say Tori Franca. She Close shared enough. two photos of a child studying at a makeshift table on a sidewalk with the caption, I got inspired by a kid. But little did she know how much those photos would soon impact that young child's life. So over the following days, um, her post went viral, um, inspiring Filipino news outlet ABS-CBN to track down, or yeah, ABS-CBN to track down the child. The outlet says they managed to locate the boy, identified as nine-year-old Daniel Cabrera, at a store located close to the McDonald's where the photos of him were taken. Daniel's mom, Christina Espinoza, is reportedly an employee at the store. According to AFP, Espinoza, who is a widow and her three young children, have been living at the store ever since their shanty house was destroyed by fire five years ago. Wow. 
Daniel's mom says she earns just 80 pesos or about a dollar 77 a day Whoa. working at the store and as a domestic helper. She lost her husband in 2013. Wait, she got two jobs and and makes a dollar seventy five a day. I would guess so. Wow, because because it, it sounds like you said working at the store and as a domestic worker, that's two jobs for. Yeah. Wow. So Espinosa says that Daniel, who is in third grade, has always been a dedicated student. He is very studious and determined boy. He would insist on going to school even without his lunch money because I have no money to give. He always tells me, Mama, I don't want to stay poor. I want to reach my dreams. And because of those photos, the boy is now being given a much-needed helping hand. In the last few days, Espinoza says the family has been deluged with donations, school supplies, and other gifts. According to ABS-CBN, a local politician named Samuel Pogdalau, I probably said that wrong, has given Daniel a scholarship, and local police have also done their part by giving the family money and buying them groceries. Um, we're overjoyed. I don't know what I will do with all of these blessings, Espinosa told AFP. Now Daniel will not have to suffer just to finish his studies. And in a recent interview with radio station DZMM, Daniel said that his dream is to become a policeman one day. I want to help the Philippines, he said. Um, on her part, the girl who took the photo said that she's amazed at how one simple photo could make such a huge difference. Right, change everything. Um, thank you guys for sharing the photo she wrote on Facebook. With that, we were able to help Daniel in reaching his dreams. I hope Daniel's story will continue touching our hearts so that we will always be inspired and motivated in every situation we face in life. Now, for me, I'll say one thing I like about this is it's social media driven. A lot of people, mm -hmm. have, you know, as of late, social media has been in the limelight for like negative things. Some people just say, hey, I don't want to be on Facebook because I'm tired of seeing all these negative posts from other people. This is a positive post because of Facebook. This girl took a picture of a small boy she saw, and now this young boy has a scholarship, and he's only in the third grade. And it also shows, um, to piggyback off of that, it, it also shows the power of social media when it's used uh, in a positive way. I mean, there's no way... That story happens without social media. Exactly. So, I mean, it. I think it's a beautiful thing, and I think that it's just so important to see that type of uh, unity, so to speak, when in in a day and an age where everything and everybody's so divided about everything, but to see that people were able to come together and and unite to try to help people who were less fortunate than us um that it, it's a beautiful thing and one of the things that i also say about this is it didn't explicitly say this in the article but i'm assuming that a lot of the help a lot of the um a lot of the submissions a lot of the uh, school supplies and things like that came probably most likely came from americans maybe not all of it but probably a lot of it so and you hear those stories time and time again. We're always the ones to do things like that. But then when you see people like Ariana Grande have the things that she has to say about about her own country, it it really puts it in the proper context that it's like, man, you're you're way off when you when you really way look at the things when you look at the things that we do for people. Um, it's it's amazing and unbelievable. So I think it's a it's a beautiful thing, and it's. It's a shame that 
stories like this story and stories like this, we have to dig for them because nobody, very few people report on them. Right, because it's not the the go-to hot topic at the moment. I will point out that one other thing I really took away from this is I want to, you know, in a way, thank and congratulate, so to say, Miss Miss Espinoza for raising her child correctly. Because you have a third-grade boy who, even though he doesn't have lunch money, he still wants to go to school to achieve his dream, and he wants, you know, I think that he's driven. He wants to help his mom too and help his siblings get out of these bad you know living environments they have i mean he, they live at the mcdonald's she works at i think for me and this this really puts it even in even more perspective people around the world no matter what country you're in no matter what race you are what creed you are national origin everyone i think at a base level, just wants to be able to go and try to achieve their dreams. One of the quotes that you had in that article talking about him saying, you know, I don't want to be poor anymore. I want to be able to to chase my dream. That's a powerful, that's a powerful thing. And, And we associate that. We associate that with us here in America most of the time. But I think that's a, that's universal. Like everyone just wants the opportunity to go chase their dreams. Yeah, and I'm, and, and to especially hear that coming out of a third grader's mouth. Like, you know, in third grade, I mean, I don't know if I would have been, I don't want to say humble is the correct word, but I don't know if I would have been on the same thinking level that he's on. I think he's beyond his years for, you know, being nine years old and already thinking that way. It just, it makes me happy to know that his mind and heart are in the right place. Yeah, it was a beautiful thing, man. It was a beautiful thing. We need to have more stories like this. I like these positive stories. Absolutely. And we're going to keep them, we're going to keep them coming. And if you guys got any suggestions, make sure you hit us up on Facebook or on Twitter. We'll be right back here on The Outlaws. This is The Outlaws Radio Show. Welcome back to The Outlaws. This is The Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off. And hit us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Outlaws Radio and on Twitter at Outlaws Radio. We got another uh, story. What's what's going on with Hollywood this week? Like, it's been everybody's been off the hook in Hollywood. So what you got over there, E.? So this one's coming out of TMZ.com again. Right, of course, um, my Bible, TMZ. John Stamos, a.k.a. Uncle Jesse Uncle from Full Jesse, House. right. You know, who was at one point a heartthrob for these women out there back in the 90s. Right, that's um, true. He checked into rehab. <clears throat> John Stamos is in rehab, checking himself in for treatment one month after his DUI arrest. The 51-year-old actor is in a residential program for substance abuse. TMZ broke the story. Stamos got busted in Beverly Hills on June 12th. Cops cuffed the former Full House star on the scene, but then rushed him to a hospital for treatment, believing he was suffering from a serious medical condition. People... I'm assuming People Magazine first reported Stamos' rehab stint. He's scheduled to be in court for the DUI in September. Man, that's crazy. Like, I mean, 
Bill Cosby's a rapist. Jared is doing child porn. Uh, John Stamel, Uncle Jesse is an alcoholic. Like Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande hates America, hates her own country. What the hell is going on this week, man? I don't know. Like, dude, Uncle Jesse, though. I could have sworn I just saw him in a yogurt commercial like two weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, I wasn't ready for the yogurt thing there. (laughs) I mean, I would have thought that it would have been Bob Saget before (laughs) Uncle Jesse. Now, you know, and and (laughs) what's funny about that is if anyone has ever heard Bob Saget's stand-up, like if you go to see a Bob Saget show off of your image of him from Full House... You will be shocked. Yeah. His his stand-up is some of the dirtiest, the dirtiest, filthiest things you will ever, ever hear that you would never expect coming from Bob freaking Saget. Coming from Danny Tanner. Exactly. Man, I forgot I forgot his character's name. That's why I didn't say it. Dude, Full House was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> you I used to watch man, I used to watch all the TGIF. Like uh, family matters, family matters, step by step, um, all that stuff, man. I was a I was a big TGIF, and I used to watch Full House too. It's funny, like when I watch it now, it just seems so corny to me. <laughs> but when I was a kid, I loved Full House. I actually saw this article the other day. It was like fifteen facts, little known facts about Full House, and one of them was if you remember, they had the stairwell in the in the living room. To go upstairs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then there was the stairwell in the kitchen. Do you remember it was like in the back? Right, right. There was only ever one way that they went upstairs. It always ended at the same spot. You know what? I never noticed that. I didn't notice it until I read it either. It's like there's only one way downstairs per the way it looks. Right. But there's two ways to go up. I never, I never would have paid any attention to that. It's been, and it's actually, man, it's been so long since I've actually seen that show. Like, have you seen it recently? Have you seen reruns of it recently? No, I have basic TV and don't even watch that that much. <laughs> yeah, like I haven't seen it in so long. Aren't they supposed to be making a movie or something? They're supposed to be doing some sort of Full House movie or reunion or something like that. I thought that something like that. I don't, I don't remember. So whatever it was, I know everybody showed up except for the Olsen twins. They didn't even RSVP. Wow, really? So they're still acting funny, huh? I would say so. Yeah, man. Like, I don't know. They're they're a whole another. We could go on for for hours about the Olsen. Yeah. But um, I mean, I know it's it's all in good fun, but we do hope that that John Stamos gets it together and. And good luck in your rehab, man. I right. hope you get better. Because alcoholism is 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 a, a B. So you know, so we it's all a good fun, but we do hope that that he gets it together and and gets it, you know, gets back to where he needs to be. So when we come back, we are going to be talking about a game show. That you may or may not be aware of. And the game show has a very, um, I'm trying to figure out the right words to say this, <laughs> has a very interesting plot twist. twist. So stay tuned. We'll be right back here on The Outlaws. <laughs> 
The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. Welcome back to the Outlaws. This is the Kingpin alongside E. Will. Jessica Lavish is off today. And don't forget to hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Outlaws Radio and on the Twitters at Outlaws Radio. Now, before we leave you today, we have a story about a game show. I believe this is out of China. Yeah, this is out of China. And it has a interesting, to say the least, plot twist. And this is a segment that I am calling, This is How You Know the World is Going to Hell. E, go. All right. So this is coming out of stupid.com. That's stupid with two Ps. That's right. Our favorite again, website today. But obviously, it's not out of Florida this time. <laughs> so... I think before telling you what the basis of the game show is, I'll say, how come we couldn't think of an idea like this? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe not us partaking, but if they're... Selling it to TV? Yeah, like, how are they getting away with this? So anyways, so you have two uh, Chinese women... With, very, very attractive. With Chinese. rubber chickens that they take out with them on the street and they use as like a microphone. Um, the first guy in the video just kind of walks away from them after they give their quote unquote uh, sales pitch. But then they find two guys. So they then proceed to. I'm not even sure how to explain this without. They take them to they take them to a, a a remote room a remote location, and they proceed to have a contest, a competition to a, see who to see who can take one of the guys to the ultimate fulfillment first. How you like that? That was that was, that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> to see, but but we're not explaining how. By using their uh, hand. I, yeah, I'm like, there's I'm no other way of saying it. <laughs> yes, by using by using their hand, they are trying to see who can which one can take their the guy to the top of the mountain first. Exactly. And this is a competition. Now and, and I will say <laughs> it does look like in the video that the one guy it looks like he is not it, enjoying it himself. It looks like one girl is better than the other. Whatsoever. <laughs> no, he's like real stone-faced. and Like, first of all, I just want to say once again, this is how you know we're going, going to, to hell. hell. Um, also, this reminds me of that. You remember hearing about that, uh, that reality show out of, um, I think, Britain called Sex Box? No. Yeah, it was, it was a show... And it, I think it's supposed to be airing in the U.S. too. I'm not going to give the channel, you perverts. But the the basic gist of it was a couple. They had a studio audience. They had these uh, like sex doctors and stuff like that. And a couple was supposed to go into a box, to a soundproof box, have sex. The studio audience is there and everything. They're supposed to go in a box have sex, and come out and then talk about it immediately after. Because they say, studies show that 
the moment right after sex is when you're the most open and when you're the most honest. So they actually go in this box, have sex, come out, and then talk to these doctors in an audience full of people. I know some people that wouldn't be comfortable with doing that. I don't think they'd like the answers they would get. (laughs) That's awful, man. It's like, dude, we're going to hell. Like this is what's on TV now, and and back to the Chinese to the Chinese game show. It looks so cheesy too. Like, well, it, and then it awful on the Chinese game show. This is coming on the heels of a prior game show. Chinese, they were doing the same thing to a male who was singing karaoke. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot about the karaoke part. You cannot forget about the karaoke. I mean, that, part. that's when you you know you, you, you he's singing all deep. Then he goes hype. <laughs> I don't even Oh my goodness Lord forgive us Or if he's singing Then all of a sudden He starts yodeling <laughs> <laughs> On that note We gotta get out of here <laughs> Oh my goodness Once again We thank you for joining us On the Outlaws It is always a pleasure To entertain you We hope for these uh for these couple of hours so we will see you next week oh and by the way i hope everybody enjoyed their fourth of july uh weekend and when you get a chance uh salute a veteran all right we're out of here peace The Outlaws Radio Show on the FCB Radio Network. This is Jessica Lavish with the Outlaws. We know that racism still exists in our country, but what about slavery? Human trafficking, a form of modern-day slavery, is where people profit from the control and exploitation of others by means of force, fraud, and coercion. Tragically, no country, community, or individual is immune from the vast injustice. Human trafficking is driven by demand. Instead of contributing to the problem, we can be part of the solution. If we eliminate the demand, we eliminate human trafficking. For more information, follow hashtag Demand No More.